Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen with the Makers of Minnesota podcast. And there are a lot of challenges that are facing food makers as of late. Without sampling, it is hard to get people to try product. And it is getting harder and harder to stand out with grocers and buyers who are really inundated with just trying to keep the stores open. If you are looking for someone to help you get noticed, if you're looking for help with your social media or your social media strategy, or perhaps you have a new product launch and you need some PR, I can help. I work with a team of great freelance professionals and we have launched lots of new products and help restaurants and helped brands get recognized and get noticed in the Twin Cities marketplace. If this is something that interests you, please give us a shout. I'd love to have the opportunity to talk with you about your brand and put a proposal together for you. A lot of times we work with clients and do like a 90-day plan where we help them launch a product. Other times clients need ongoing support throughout the year. If you're finding that this is just the last thing on your to-do list every single day, please give us a shout. We can make a huge difference in a short amount of time in not only increasing your following, but getting influencers to try your products and getting public relations eyes on your brands. Give me a shout at shansenmarketing at gmail.com. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to the Makers of Minnesota, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. On October 30th of 2017, I recorded episode 61 with Pam Powell, who is my friend, who is the salad girl. And Pam, can you believe that that was three years ago? No, I cannot at all. <laughs> so much time. It's been the longest year so far. It really has. 2020 can really, I think by the time we get to the end of it this year, we're all going to be like a collective woohoo. But as it is, we have businesses that we're running and companies that we're trying to keep afloat. And I know with Salad Girl, you guys have introduced some new products. So I wanted to check in with you and talk. First of all, you have three new creamy dressings, but since um, we talked last time, I believe that maybe one of the vegans has launched. So just go through your whole lineup of all your dressings for me, will you? Okay. We have our original vinaigrettes. So we started with our crisp apple maple, blueberry basil, pomegranate pear, see lemony herb, citrus flash, toasted sesame ginger, chili limon, and curry and fig. And we have added creamy Caesar. And we are soon to be updating that. We're going to be calling it Creamy creamy Lemon Caesar. Because we're adding lemon juice to it to give it kind of more of a spark. I've been adding the lemony herb and the Caesar together, and I love it. I'm like, why didn't I do that? <laughs> so I'm going to do that. Probably won't be out until October or November. So we'll be updating it or upgrading it. And then we have a yummy, sassy, a sweet and sassy dressing that I use for slaws, sandwiches, and salads, and also a dude ranch dressing that I made specifically for my grandson, Dylan, because he can't eat dairy and he wanted something cool that didn't necessarily say girl, salad girl on it, so he called it dude ranch, and it's his favorite dressing, so if you like ranch, it's a good one. It's so cute. I never have heard that story before. And Dude Ranch is my husband Kurt's favorite because he can't have cider vinegars and he can't have wine or fruit-based fermented vinegars. 
So he really, Dude Ranch is one of the dressings that he can have. So we practically literally have it every day. That's so great. Good. Thanks, Kurt. Yeah, he really likes it. So how um, has it been different marketing the creamy dressings from the vinaigrettes? You know, it's always weird because you think that you are micromanaging all your timing, but there are so many pieces in play when you put a new dressing or a new product on the shelf, especially in in, um, organic manufacturing. And we make it fresh, but um, there's a lot of little people that help us with everything. So our ingredients, all that stuff, um, depending on, um, you know, planning it out, it never works out perfect. So last year we thought we'd have it, them on the shelf be, at the beginning of the summer. And things just kind of got mixed up and couldn't get them on the shelf until fall. Wasn't the greatest time for the uh, slaw dressing. And um, so things never just work out real smooth. We weren't at farmer's markets, so we didn't have that perfect venue. And um, it's, you know, it's always hard. I'm always putting out little fires everywhere. I love that show this year. I'm always putting out little fires, though. Um, something's always wrong, and then we have to fix it, and we do, and then we move forward. So it was hard. I think they're getting some momentum now which is great. We just got them on the shelf of Whole Foods in the Twin Cities here. Oh, thank Um, goodness. We just got got accepted. We're not on the shelf there yet. So everybody thinks that once you get accepted, you'll be on the shelf next week. It's going to take a couple months for them to get kind of cooked up into their schedule and um, new takes put on their shelves and then getting them from distribution center to shop. So everything takes longer than you think. The call I had just before you, we were talking about using their distributors and you get into a distribution place, but then getting on the store shelf has still been really difficult to make that final step. And I think one thing the consumer needs to hear is how important they are in the process, because a lot of these grocery stores carry these products in their distribution centers, but they don't make it onto the shelf or they're not as high a value target as the eggs, the cheese, and the butter. So the consumer asking for it can really make a difference. That's so true, Steph. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's been the hardest thing right now because our marketing, um, when we were able, we were in the stores to do demos, we were able to, you know, face to face with the customer. Now we aren't there. And if it's not on the shelf, there's nobody there to stand in for us. Um, the only people that really can bring us to the attention of the buyer or the person that's filling those shelves is the person that's purchasing it. So my, my shopper is so important to me. You are, the shopper is my marketing person. Word of mouth, um, reminding the produce people to put it back on the shelf, you know, even say to them, I know you're so busy and we really appreciate you being here. For us, because they're putting their little lives on the line for us and for me. And, um, you know, you have to be patient with them because I know they're working double time. And um, they've been so good to us. I have to admit, they have been so good to us, too. So between the people that buy us, the people that um, purchase Salad Girl and these other local products and the person that puts them on the shelf, that once in a while will say, oh, don't forget about this. This is a really good product. You know, they can't always do it, but they're my salesperson. 
So. Yeah. And I tell people, if yeah. you like a product to ask that produce manager or ask the yeah. manager of the department, because they can get it for you usually. Right. That's so smart. It's kind of the um, grassroots and micro green marketing. It's between, you know, all the people that um, are in our community are our greatest um, um, cheerleaders, mm-hmm. you know, so talk about us. <laughs> What are you, what, Pam, what are you hearing? You're kind of a good champion of local Minnesota makers and you have a lot of friends in the business. What are you hearing from your other makers? Are we going to get through this time? Is it challenging for them? Nobody's giving up. I haven't heard any naysayers. I haven't heard any whining. I've heard um, a little bit of fear and, um, but just a lot, everybody's been kind of cheering each other up. And if somebody thinks of something, they'll, they'll call each other and everybody, you know, you think that we'd be all in competition with each other. It's not like that at all. Once I meet another maker, if I have that opportunity and I'm at a demo with them, it's like, you're my new friend <laughs> because we don't really have any friends anymore. <laughs> Our friends are the people that we, that we're working with or that we're, that we're helping out. And I've made some really good friends. I'm on, kind of a foodie round table um, of CEOs and we cheer each other on all the time. So I'm so glad that we've got, and we do zoom meetings and um, if we come up with an idea, somebody will just throw it out there. So, and we help each other on social media all the time. We have talked um, with a couple of makers that due to the sampling not happening in stores, their sales have been down and they're exploring other distribution channels like an Amazon. Is that something or an Instacart? Is that something that's important to you or that you're working towards? We'd like to. Um, Right now, we're in the midst. Last year, we had like three goals to get into food service, to perhaps um, investigate private label, grow outside of the Midwest with private label. There's a lot of really beautiful stores in Colorado and and California, but I'd rather be their brand. Um, So that's something that we've been exploring. Amazon, it's a big step and you really got to be ready and you have to have a good marketing plan to jump in there. I know a lot of the people that are on my foodie roundtable really sell really well um placards. He does so well. I mean he's such a good businessman, Don is. Mm-hmm. He sells really well on Amazon. It's been touch and go during this time, but I know their sales are up. So it's a great thrive market. That's another great place for um online sales. Um so we have Pam or Salad Girl has to be ready for it before um we jump in there. And it's a lot of work to get it all set up. We're working on it. I'm working with the nerdery right now on that. And it's slow go, but we're going to, we'll get there. But I think that everybody's looking at new channels for sales. I think you're right, Stephanie. And I think it's smart. And I'm learning from all these young people that are just coming into the marketplace. I mean, I've been there for 12 years and I'm learning from them right now because I just, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to do Amazon. There's um, only three or four people in my company that are helping me. And it's just a lot of work. So we'll what get- is what is something that you've learned from some, you mentioned that some young people that are getting started. Can you think of something specifically that you've learned? Yes. I, Jillian from Mostly Made, 
she is also a really good businesswoman, very sat business savvy. It's just her thing. I think that she was in the advertising or wanted to be in the advertising industry. So she's got that background. She's a real good, she's a schmoozer and a mover and a maker. And um, she has had me set up my product on range. It's something I've been putting off and putting off. And right now, because there aren't any food shows going on, that's where buyers are going. They're going into range me to look at all the different products. And that's where they're, I see them every day looking at my products. So I see all these different stores from all around the country looking there to see what they're putting on their list of new products that they want to buy this year. Because there is no Expo West or Expo East or um, fancy food show. So they got to go someplace else. Whether, you know, people are just submitting to, it's a lot of work for those buyers. So I think if they can, if you've got your product up there, you've got pictures of everything, you've got um, the ingredients, your labels, it gives them a good start to look, look at what you have to offer. So Jillian told me that she also is um, thinking of doing a local influencer program, kind of like a, a distance farmer's market out at her beautiful house on Lake Minnetonka. She has kind of an old farmhouse. And um, she's offering that this fall. And I think that's a great idea. I never even thought of that. She said it'd be social distance. There'll only be a few influencers there. Some um, some people from some radio stations, maybe. And just invite, you know, some local products to come on out and talk about their product, not necessarily have people tasting it even. And then just hand out free samples to people. Give them a bottle of dressing, let them take it home and do what they want with it. And that I thought was a great idea. Um, gosh, you know, you've been talking to all these young new makers. Don't you notice how savvy they are? Yeah, I do think that a lot of the newer entry into the maker market are yeah. very business focused. Yes, I came from no business. <laughs> well, and I think in the day, some some of these products like in your time frame came from the passion of the product and i think now it's almost like the business first and the passion is kind of second if that makes sense because you have to be so savvy in the marketing piece to even get seen because there's just so many skews oh i don't know how i would have done it right now i really don't yes there's a lot of competition and we've run in since 2017 that next year it just, we ran into a wall of competition. We knew it would be coming. We paved the way. We kind of were the pioneers of the fresh dressing on the refrigerated produce shelf. So we were lucky we were in there first and we got the shelf space. So, you know, that's a, that's a really, um, you know, necessary commodity to have. And we're holding on to it for dear life right now. But I still think we taste better than some of the other people. And I still yeah. feel like we have that. Um, virtue of a, of a beautiful vision. And, um, you know, we're just, we have integrity behind our product and we're small family product line. And, you know, we're still putting all our goodness into it. So. All right. Well, I'm going to encourage everybody to buy salad girl. I love it. You know, I love it. I am. Uh, I love <laughs> yeah. And I'm excited to, I haven't had my crisp apple maple in a while and I don't know why fall. I always think about it, but I do. So I'm excited to, and 
I mean, just the way that people use your dressings too. Like we use it on baked potatoes instead of sour cream. We use it on bean salads. We use it as a marinade for chicken. I really, we use it a lot in a lot of different ways. So um, more than just salad dressing. And, you know, dressing is like, I'm a cook. So it's not really hard for me to make dressing, but it's not always convenient. You know, when you're going to a picnic and you can bring the bottle separately and assemble your salad at the picnic, because we're doing a lot of outdoor eating these days. Yeah. yeah, that's really true. The reason why I put salad girl on the shelf was for simple well, for healthy convenience. Mm-hmm. That was it. For easy, healthy convenience. And I wanted something better. I wanted a better tasting shelf dressing. I wanted something that tasted fresh. I didn't want it to taste funny with all the gums in it. Um, I wanted it to taste fresh. And the stable, the shelf stable salad dressing category was so gross for so long. It's, you know, there's some good vinaigrettes there. I still think it is kind of gross. <laughs> I, you know, I, you still go pick up that $7 bottle of dressing because it sounds good and it's got some ingredients in it that you were looking to try and you open it up and I'm constantly buying them. I open it up and I have to spit it out sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad that we put something that tastes good and that is good for you on the shelf. All right. Well, thanks for spending time getting caught up, Pam, and good luck with the creamy dressings. Thank you, Stephanie, so much.